Okay, today, continuing discussion from pain to release. As I keep reading, I keep finding more good stuff. And since I like talking, uh, I find so many um, very interesting um, themes, presentations, just simply Wikipedia pages. <clears throat> In the field of psychology, uh, it's quite rich, the, the Wikipedia selections. And so we last time ended on the page Psychopathology, trying to see how Western psychology, <clears throat> the field of Western psychology, uh, has uh, is conceptualizing just what mental illness or mental distress or mental disorder is, how to figure it out. And they keep changing over the years. So what was called pathological 100 years ago is not considered pathological today in some cases. Uh, and they have many new categories or uh, classifications for defense mechanisms such as that, you know, projective, attributive, projective identification and uh, all sorts of uh, finely crafted categories of avoidance uh, of truth and pain. Because it's it in the end, what what's it all about? It's um, heart chakra and throat chakra blockage that supports continued lower triad blockage. Uh, particularly, uh, what the heart you know the the fourth ray fifth ray blockage equals unwillingness to accept and feel, or accept and know as true. Uh, unwillingness to see and hear, to see what is true. To hear what is true, uh, particularly to understand what is true, and to feel uh, and accept and integrate what is true about oneself, about another, about the relationship, about the world, about the group, about anything really, about one's history, about one's patterns. <clears throat> and that is um, just as we started uh, with Janov, uh, uh, a process of um, rejecting the confrontation with old imprinted pain, unhealed, old wounding, old wounding unhealed. So on the page Psychopathology, we ended last time looking into the four Ds, which um, is a nod to Hilarion, actually, where these four, I'll send the links, these four Ds, uh, which is the fourth letter of the alphabet, and uh, the card four in tarot being, uh, or in Ra's tarot being uh, experience of mind, sometimes called the emperor, <clears throat> and uh, four square, four being the number of earth, or uh, somewhat Saturnian, or associated with heavy and um, responsibility, spiritual obligation, metaphysical obligation, duty, uh, karma, earth, materiality, solidity, substantiality, unmovability, like a block, like a square, uh, four square. Uh, four Ds is like a four four. <laughs> and so <clears throat> there is something about four, there is something about D uh, that um, points to uh, difficulty and distress and discontent and um, and challenge. And so this description of the four Ds when defining abnormality is um, a sort of outside-in approach, uh, not seeing energy fields, 
not seeing the energetic condition and the sound and tone of each of the seven chakras, human diagnosticians in the field of psychology uh, are left with all sorts of uh, secondary means of diagnosing internal problems of mind-body-spirit, problems of mind, or um, using qualitative terms like the diagnostic categories to explain uh, a, an ontological or a metaphysical quali- uh, quantitative matter, meaning the very um, new physics or advanced science amenable analysis and measurement of seven chakra conditions, of um, color and uh, auric conditions of the seven energy fields. Uh, understandably, only those that can see, uh, that have clair- clairvoyance, really, um, could potentially uh, see and diagnose uh, psychopathology at its root, which is seven chakra energy conditions, I'd say. <clears throat> Not being able to do that, and while lots of clairvoyants themselves have their own blockages and are not quite reliable, uh, we have uh, various attempts at qualitative uh, measurement, meaning the quality, not the quantity. And so these four Ds, which are relatively useful, uh, but but quite problematic if they become a rigid means to diagnose, we have deviance, distress, dysfunction, and danger. And um, without going into the details again, it's basically uh, uh, trying to uh, anal- trying to determine inner conditions or conditions, particularly of mind, uh, by their outward behavioral manifestations. Uh, associated with interpersonality or relationship and uh, measured against society, such as deviance. If what he or she does is so outside the norm of what we all do or they all do, it might be considered deviant. It might point to mental pathology, psychopathology. If what they do uh, doesn't work in relationship, in society, in the consensus activity that the rest of us or the rest of those people are doing, it may be called dysfunctional. Therefore, it may point to some kind of, again, um, pathological process or some kind of uh, distortion. The non-pejorative term for mental illness, I'd say, is Ra's term distortion. So we can say psychopathology, mind illness, psychopathological. We can say mental illness. We can say mental health issue. We can also say distortion. And that, whatever we call it, indeed we're talking about lower triad blockage. Indeed we're talking about fourth ray, fifth ray, love, wisdom deficiencies. Seems to me, you know, I mean I may speak uh, authoritatively, but it's just IMO in my opinion. And so uh, what what I would rightly call distortion, lower triad blockage, 
associated with fourth and fifth chakra blockage, which is pretty common for everyone here, uh, is sometimes called, you know, it correlates to the Western term psychopathology, mental illness, mental health issue. Okay, fine. Now, uh, with those four Ds, they're basically inferring internal, inferring distortion by way of um, manifestation speech and behavior particularly, as well as some very superficial analysis of self-reported um, experience. So, looking at uh, deviance and dysfunction, it's comparing the person's behavior to that that is considered normative or normal, so-called, or common to the mass around them, the society, the group around them. Dysfunction, likewise, in terms of quality of performance of the individual in relation to others and standards and uh, normative performance <laughs> standards or, or, or aptitudes of uh, people around them. When we're talking about danger, it's a crossover between uh, behavioral activity in relation to others to... Uh, the internal position in that the person may well be causing danger to others that's um, obviously a problem and not quite normal or ordinary meaning most people are not but I guess you know in 4D negative everybody's a danger to everybody <clears throat> for those on the negative path everybody's a danger to everybody uh, and um, society becoming a little bit more dangerous as a whole Lots of cities are not as lovely as they were 50 years ago, actually, where people could go to sleep and quietly sleep at night because everybody was sleeping and everybody was peaceful and wanted to go to sleep by 11 or midnight and not make ruckus and let their neighbors sleep. Uh, today, in many cities, there's ruckus at all hours, which is a danger to sleep or well-being. <clears throat> uh, and you can say that that's a gradual planned imposition of uh, the qualities of service-to-self society upon all of humanity. As an aside, for those who are interested in metaphysical sociology or sociological metaphysical um, and New World Order and world-wrecking tendencies, danger as an indication of distortion or psychopathology causing trouble to self and other and or other is problematic for sure and then leads us into the, the fully internal observation of what's called distress. And that is uh, written here as negative feelings by the individual, deeply troubled and affected. <clears throat> it may or may not be illness, but it certainly is distress, <clears throat> meaning there may or may not be psychopathology, like I talked about, like Krishnamurti saying, um, adjustment to a profoundly sick society is no sign of health. And so there are lots of people that are not in distress that are quite dysfunctional, or let's just say distorted, right? Dysfunctional really means not properly functioning. Uh, distorted means, <clears throat> in this case, um, s significant blockage or significant imbalance or baffling, uh, tangling, uh, harming, structural damage to the ways of thinking and feeling, associated with ways of thinking and feeling. 
And so it's very subtle to even characterize what is psychopathology. And that's why you have <clears throat> uh, different views uh, for each theorist uh, focused on different aspects of personal well-being or mental health or aspects of personality. Some are developmental, some are family systems interpersonal, some work from psychoanalytic model, you know, super ego id and the uh, id ego, super ego. <clears throat> Others have left some of that and kept some of that. So uh, would that everybody could see the seven chakras, <clears throat> everybody be working on the same model. But um, this is the age of uh, tongues or the age of nations or uh, the phase of 3D life under the veil uh, where there is um, quite a durable confusion, misunderstanding between people. And so we end up with comparable, competing, conflicted, partial systems, explanatory systems for everything, <clears throat> uh, all of which have some value, none of which is complete, all of which have some distortion, and all of which really need to be very carefully um, sorted, sorted, uh, and uh, who can say what's true? <laughs> this is a, a planetary civilization where nearly no one can say, nearly everyone is saying what, what is true, and nearly none of them are certain, even though most of them may think they're certain. Most everyone thinks they're certain of most everything they think is true, while most everything they think is true is at best partially true, at worst completely conf confabulated and mistaken. <clears throat> Meanwhile, uh, 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 a complete psychopath, <laughs> completely damaged mind may um, regularly come up with brilliant truth and a completely so-called normal or functional, not in distress, not dangerous, and uh, not deviant person may be profoundly damaged mentally, emotionally. <laughs> Men show no signs. None, <clears throat> actually. So, with that um, wrap-up, which is uh, not very clean, uh, let's end the page on psychopathology. And I think I just... I'm a little conflicted here. Uh, I want to... Actually, uh, there's so much to, to go to here. Let me <clears throat> not yet leave this page on psychopathology, but go down a bit um, very briefly. When we get to the section called As Mental Symptoms, uh, they <clears throat> uh, this, this write-up, indicates that they're aware of the limitations of the previous model. Written here, the term psychopathology may also be used to denote behaviors or experiences which are indicative of mental illness, even if they do not constitute a formal diagnosis. Well, I thought that's what we just said there, meaning uh, in this case, you see they're saying that some behavior could be called psychopathological rather than using a behavior like something that's called deviant or, dis or seen as dysfunctional as an indication of an internal condition. And they exhibit the example, the presence of hallucination may be considered as a psychopathological sign 
even if there are not enough symptoms present to fulfill the criteria for one of the disorders listed in their DSM, which is Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Now, <clears throat> somebody on a hallucinogenic drug or psychoactive plant may have hallucinations. And there'll be some people who will say that is a mental disorder. It must be uh, delusional. Other people say it absolutely could be, inter it absolutely surely is absolute truth of interdimensional or non-physical dimensional experience. And neither of those positions is very good. <laughs> it seems better to say it may well be uh, partly, it may well be delusional, it may well be a genuine, authentic account or experience of higher dimensional non-physical life. How to know? The person may be sure and be wrong. The person may be uncertain or think it can't be, some, can't be known while somebody next to them knows for sure and truly does. So the individual may have certainty and be mistaken. The individual may have no certainty and someone next to them may have certainty. The certainty of the two people, if there are two people next to them with certainty as to what that person just experienced, one of them may be partially correct uh, and partially mistaken. And the other one may be absolutely, totally mistaken. Uh-huh. And so uh, this is the problem of discernment, as we talked about earlier. Going on, in a more general sense, any behavior or experience which causes impairment, distress, or disability like we see above, right? Danger, distress, dysfunction, disability, deviance, whatever is troublesome, it seems, to the individual, to the collective, is too different, is upsetting, um, may be a sign of what? Lower triad blockage? It may or may not be, right? Jesus was called the man of sorrows. So um, how much was he? Was he walking around, moping around depressed? Prob no, clearly not. I mean, some people say Jesus didn't exist. And some people are dogmatic. No, he didn't exist. And because they take one or two pieces of information and say, therefore, it's absolutely certain he doesn't exist. And other people say, no, it's absolutely certain he did exist. <laughs> this is why Gautama says, avoid the thicket of views. Because down here, understanding is not of this density, it seems. And um, people get into... A, how much additional lower, lower triad blockage is generated by attack and defense of essentially unprovable notions. Jesus existed. The Bible says it. You're demonically possessed. Jesus didn't exist. It. You're superstitious and delusional. Uh, these academic researches prove it. I hate you. I hate you. You'll go to hell. No, you'll go to hell. You're possessed. No, you're possessed. Ba 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 ba, right? <laughs> this is all keeping them round in 3D, recycling, you know. And um, it's yet discernment is critical. Um, yet the most healthy is, um, I think it, I, I think it's true, <laughs> but I can't prove it. Or I know I'm not sure, but it I think it may well be, or some part of it is, or this seems to be part of the truth or it doesn't seem right to me. It seems quite mistaken to me. Uh, sorry, I don't believe blue avians. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, but you may be a nice guy, and I wish you well. Do you not wish me well? And so, um, not falling into harsh speech or malicious speech, 
acknowledging what we believe to be true, acknowledging that we actually know very little, and there's much, 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 much more to know, and the ones above us, beyond us, and where we'll be in the future, we'll know far more, and even then it's just a drop in the bucket. Um, but I don't want to fight. If you want to fight, go right ahead, have a good time, you know, knock yourself out, but in the end, it's bad for me to be fighting. And I don't want to get tangled and burred in the thicket of views. And that's why Gautama basically said, <laughs> the only view that you can hold that is not going to trouble some is um, all that arises passes away. And being and non-being are also problematic. If you argue for being and you argue for non-being, you're going to get into trouble because it's uh, neither is sufficient. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure, if the person seems to be impaired in some way, in distress in some way, has a, what's totally anomalous to the collective or a disability dysfunction in some way, uh, if, if it, it may well then be associated with a functional breakdown in cognitive or neurocognitive systems in the brain, it's certainly related to the brain, it's certainly related to the hormones, it's certainly related to the chakras, it's certainly related to the soul. It's certainly related to their evolution. Um, and yet, even classifying it as psychopathology is a bit um, rigidified, rigidifying, or um, limiting, and, and uh, fixational. <clears throat> fixational in the sense that it sort of fixes or nails a person to the diagnosis, while... Um, the person is not their lower triad blockage. The being is the one that has this vehicle, including mind, body, mind, spirit, as a vehicle for the one with current blockages in the lower triad. That is not a sick person, although some people have identified with their body, mind so much that you can say they've become their sickness. Uh, but making this kind of <clears throat> seeing the deficiencies of Western psychology from a transpersonal or metaphysical perspective, yet appreciating the valuable diagnoses or valuable <clears throat> analysis and understanding of um, the countless derivatives coming out of lower triad blockage that Western psychology offers, and very helpful to people in, in spiritual pursuit or spiritual community or people studying metaphysics, this is a fine integration to make for yourself, but it can't be proven to anyone else. <clears throat> and the psychologists reject the metaphysicians, and the metaphysicians reject the psychologists, and the spiritual people reject both of them, or many in all camps do. Some don't, and really, each, <laughs> some people, everybody in each camp, the Western psychological, East West transpersonal, metaphysical, spiritual, religious, mystical, each person in each community has a differential level of um, receptivity to universal truth and willingness to integrate models and capacity to integrate models. Some people don't do it because they can't. It's too difficult. And sometimes it may be difficult, but who the hell wants to do it anyway? Right? It may be difficult to climb the Everest for sure, and I probably couldn't do it. Does that is that why I don't want to do it, or is it? <laughs> I just think that you know, climbing up and climbing down doesn't 
seem to be valuable to me. Who can say why? Is it that I'm afraid? I have psychopathology? Could be. I have low self-esteem. There are some people who would say, you know, <clears throat> anybody who's not a mountain climber is a, is a coward. You you obviously have low self-esteem. That's called psychopathology. That's called pathologizing. <clears throat> who can say? Who can say? <laughs> so, it's the thicket of views, and um, it's um, hotter and more tangled in this thicket these days, it seems. So, <clears throat> finally, it remains unclear how strong the distinction between maladaptive traits, meaning um, what is considered maladaptive or dysfunctional or distressing or deviant or harmful, dysfunctional behavior and speech versus the inner conditions, the distinction between or the linkage between what's called maladaptive traits, which really means speech and behavior, and uh, mental pathology, psychopathology, or lower triad blockage, it's all very, very subtle. <laughs> Two people are saying the same thing, doing the same thing, and they have a very different lower triad configuration. So judging the outer by the inner is um, not, too, uh, rec not much recommended yet. The outer does show the inner, yet uh, a single outer presentation can come from countless inner configurations. So we shouldn't be dogmatic um, unless you want to be dogmatic, then you will have trouble and more distress. But we all have some trouble and distress and we're all trying to learn. But it's, um, it's um, <clears throat> good not to argue because we'll just get cut up in the thick of the views, actually. It's, uh, we'll just keep turning and get thorned and burred in the thicket of views uh, if we uh, get attached, as we all are, but overly attached to argumentation and opinionated wrangling, the wrangling of, of view. Uh, so, um, that's it. Let's drop this page on psychopathology. What I really wanted to show, there's, there's a wonderful page on um, defense mechanisms. But before we go into that, let's have a moment of, of health and kindliness. Uh, a moment outside the, the pathological mess of uh, lower triad derived mental, emotional, behavioral tendency. And look at the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross model. <clears throat> because what you see, what I see here in what's called the five stages of grief, I gave the link, what I see in these five stages is a template uh, for the classification of defense mechanisms and a integrative, a model, a, a, a means of integrating multiple theorists that we've looked at before. Kernberg, Klein, Kohut, not really much, Janov, <clears throat> a little bit Freudian, uh, splitting, notions of splitting, uh, projection, uh, particularly uh, the three types of distorted self-image or dis dis <laughs> the, the narcissistic, grandiose, inflated self-image the, I would say, somewhat borderline, it's, that's debatable, but it seems to me quasi-borderline uh, deflated 
subordinated, uh, submissive self-image, uh, self-hating, let's say, victim identity, the erased, the, the uh, presumably erased, but quasi-dissociative self-image of, I'm fine, I have no feeling, I don't care about anything. If you don't care, then why are you doing? If you really don't care, there's no feeling. There's just one, one is cool if one really doesn't care. But this sense of, um, I'm all fine, as one clearly seen, is clearly seen by some to be not fine, that um, type of self-image that, that Klein talks about, as um, derived, um, compacted, <laughs> composited, fermented, fashioned, um, fixed, limited, mistaken identity, self-identifications, Klein talks about that clearly come out of unhealed, imprinted pain, as Janov said, and the various types of narcissism that uh, Kernberg talked about, and this whole discussion of various forms of splitting. Uh, it can all be seen in these five stages of grief. And the resolution, which is the last, called acceptance, equals catharsis, or is associated with it. So, on the page, first introduce the model by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in 1969, so at the end of the 60s, which was a time of great open heart, I would say profound green ray um, downflow, descent energetically, or a, a major upgrade to uh, the planetary activation of the fourth density energy field. Um, many places around the Earth were in massive tumult in the 60s, Africa, uh, Central America, South America, Southeast Asia, uh, the U.S. and Europe, uh, everywhere. And I think that Earth was experiencing a major um, photon belt type galactic center related uh, energy influx that was associated with a qualitative uh, leap, quantum leap type um, increase in the stabilization or activation of Earth's green ray energy field. Though, their book was called Death and Dawn, Death and Dying, inspired by her work with terminally ill patients. And again, this was originally designed to postulate a progression of emotional states experienced by terminally ill patients after diagnosis. It just so happens, in my view, to um, postulate or to very clearly depict the a, both a progression and some various categories of uh, both avoidance or further uh, uh, rejection of imprinted pain as well as the means to its catharsis release. Uh, the basis of these three distorted types of self-image of Melanie Klein, the basis of multiple forms of defense mechanism, the basis of all sorts of distress, <laughs> danger to self and other, dysfunction, and what could be called deviance. Deviance is like such a heavy word. Uh, but let's just say uh, socially uh, outrageous and sometimes very sick activity, right? I mean, walking around in the streets, shitting on your own face and smearing yourself in shit, this kind of sick, you know. <laughs> I'm not 
saying that that you know there are a lot of kinds of behavior that are called deviant that are not that but there are some activities that are pretty uh looks pretty sick to me meanwhile nichinanda at a certain point uh did eat some shit believe it or not there's a crazy story about that and he freaked the hell out of some of his sponsors he was saying halwa halwa you like halwa meaning he was basically had read their thoughts there's a strange story um he ate his own shit at one point very short time Basically, it was some kind of, the, the, some of the devotees or some of the sponsors had some heavy judgments against him or some very deep misunderstanding, and he did something like that, and everybody was totally freaked out. And some people use that to say he was a madman, he was a, a fraud, and therefore what? Okay, therefore, let's just throw him away and don't look at him again, and nothing he did was good and nothing he said was true. That's what they're assuming. If you use one example to paint someone... One example that admittedly one doesn't fully understand. It looks pretty deviant to me. I wouldn't do it. Uh, I think it look you, you know. But the same person, the two people doing the same thing are coming from, may well be coming from very different motivations and lower triad or seven chakra configurations. So, but to me, you know, <laughs> ordinary folks who are rolling in the, like, like uh, bath salt face eaters, it looks kind of deviant to me, looks kind of sick to me, doesn't look very well. Or political leaders that, that smile while they, you know, make millions of dollars uh, slaughtering people in faraway lands. That looks pretty sick to me. Uh, so maybe we can say that that word deviant can be uh, appropriately used. <clears throat> and yet, <laughs> who can say, right? Everything's opinion. But these five stages or what she determined to be five stages of working with grief um, experienced by terminally ill patients after diagnosis uh, also pertains to uh, how people work with their imprinted pain, do or don't, how people handle deep imprinted pain. And denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance are these four stages uh, we'll, I'm going to look at length at them. Uh, you can see already denial is very much a, is a straight-up psychological defense mechanism, but it's very much associated with splitting. It's very much associated with projection. It's very much associated with projective identification. It's very much associated with the, the pseudo-erased or, or dissociative identity or self sense of self, self-image, right? I feel nothing. I am fine. <laughs> you know, I, I have no emotional reaction. I'm totally well. Meanwhile, it doesn't seem to be. And the person has all sorts of distress or troubles. So, uh, likewise, anger, bargaining, depression, as four of the five stages, each one, uh, I would say, associated with and an outgrowth of and related to a whole host of defense mechanisms a whole host of means of avoiding imprinted pain and blocking catharsis and blocking release. And so uh, later she comes to understand that these stages are not linear or don't have to be understood. You see, human language, you have to be very, very nimble to not uh, make trouble with human language. Later in her life, it's written here, Kubler-Ross Kubler noted the stages are not a linear and predictable progression 
and she regretted writing them in a way that was misunderstood. Well, it ain't her fault that they're misunderstood, and it ain't her gain that I can understand or you can understand them. Meanwhile, they are absolutely useful in a linear way that pertains to some people. <laughs> it doesn't pertain to everybody. They're not only uh, linear. They're not exclusively linear. But in some cases, indeed, it reflects linear process, meaning sequential progression. And so sometimes, indeed, it's very true. So she, <laughs> But she got attacked, because everybody likes attacking down here. The smart ones and the dumb ones. A high IQ and a low IQ. And even people will attack to say, you can't say high IQ, low IQ. That's attackable, too. That's wounding people's feelings. Oh, okay. So everybody's attacking everybody. <laughs> what a sick group. Not everybody, but lots of people are full of attacking. And, um, you know, <laughs> put down the cudgel, said Gautama. And these people are just making trouble for themselves for their future. They don't seem to know it. But she regretted writing them in a way that was misunderstood. Well, it's impossible to not be misunderstood when understanding is not uh, under my control. Your understanding is not under my control. I can do my best to explain them. And she did her best every time. Before it was misunderstood and after it was misunderstood and after she reformulated, she did her best every time. And so the reality seems to me to be that, yes, indeed, this uh, th there may be, for some people, to some degree as a part of their process, a linear progression from denial through anger, bargaining, depression to acceptance. Sometimes, yes. And some people, um, you know, they, they, they don't understand because they love to argue. And they love to argue, which confounds their understanding. Don't love to argue. Don't love to find shit. If you smell shit, you have a smelly nose wherever you go. She originally saw them as reflecting how people cope with illness and dying, <clears throat> uh, not as reflections of how people grieve. But yes, you can say that, that all of this is a portion of uh, preparation or the foundation of grieving. And so denial means it isn't. I'm not unwell. They won't die. I won't die. It won't break. Don't worry. He'll come home. Don't worry. It'll work out. Don't worry, there won't be a problem. Don't worry, uh, they won't they won't die. <laughs> it's a very common one. He won't die, I won't die. Don't worry, we'll get through. Well, you know, that's stupid. It's sometimes not true. And so, if you want to say that, go right ahead. And sometimes it comforts people. And sometimes it's right to tell somebody uh, to, to reinforce someone's denial because they couldn't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth, roared Nicholson. Yeah, lots of humanity can't handle the truth. They don't want to be able to handle the truth. They could, if they wanted, but they seem to not, so they can't. Very common. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. A lot of people have made themselves so that they can't handle much truth. And so they live in, uh, you know, the river denial. Uh, meaning, uh, it isn't. I am not. This is um, the basis of suppression. Suppression as a defense mechanism really means um, I know it is, and I don't want it, I hate it, so I push it down. It's avoidance. Avoidance means one acknowledges something to be avoided. Denial is, um, you know, a disaffirmation or is an affirmation of absence. It isn't. 
There isn't. I'm not. It won't be. It's not the case. Anger, um, as the next stage, really represents um, an acknowledgement that, no, it is. <laughs> I will die. You will die. It's broken. Uh, they're gone. I lost. <laughs> I'm bankrupt. I'm sick. The diagnosis was positive. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, it's fucked. Wow. And I hate that. I hate, hate, hate that. <clears throat> and bargaining, <laughs> I'm going to go over this as just the, the first pass. Bargaining is sort of some kind of manipulation. Bargaining is playing word games and mind games on self and other. Depression is a final exhaustion of all the previous. I can't pretend it isn't. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of of screwing around with my thinking and um, and uh, imagining complex scenarios where it isn't or it's going to work out fine, or my wife my wife didn't really have sex with the other man, my husband really didn't abuse our children, um, humanity really will graduate all in one great smiley happy moment to fourth density. Uh, depression is some kind of sense of shit. I really have been wrong. It's bad. It's broken. It's over. I've lost. I'll die. You'll die. It's a. It's the bad. It's the worst. I want. I've imagined. Yes, it's true. And I can't stand it. And I'm broken. And that's the end. My broken is the end. Is depression. And it's, you know, again, these first four are the problem. And number five is the solution, <laughs> acceptance, which just so happens to be associated with catharsis. So let's look at these stages of dying in a terminal illness, stages of confronting the truths associated with imprinted pain, stages in healing old wounding and acknowledging psychopathology or problems within self and other stages in opening one's heart and opening fifth chakra stages in unblocking the lower triad by love and wisdom <laughs> uh, psychopathological derivatives of the work of unblocking the lower triad by activation of love and wisdom opening heart um moving to true discernment, including the discernment that I don't know, or the discernment that there's very, there's vast amount I don't know while I do know something. I know something uh, compared to others who don't know. <laughs> uh, I know very little compared to the potential, the totality of all knowing. I know very little compared to where I'll be in the future. Uh, I know very little compared to the whole of this matter, of every matter. But I know enough to have some basic understanding that answers most of my questions and might answer all yours, too. All yours for now. <laughs> and not fully, either. So, stages of dying in a terminal illness are stages of confronting painful truth. Stages of, of bringing love and wisdom, acceptance, and non-control, non-manipulation, discernment, uh, willingness to change one's view in accord with uh, 
truth that has uh, truth what is what is recognized to be true even if it's unprovable but it's true for me uh, and it helps and I am truly making sense or moving out of confusion to greater clarity but it isn't final clarity and I still have some confusion too so all of that very very I think it's kind of nimble and uh, some people say it's excessive <laughs> so one person's nimble is another one's excessive. Okie dokie. Somebody wrote about me saying that he doesn't do Zen. Like he said, he likes to talk. He doesn't do Zen. But the guy was very appreciative. And um, <laughs> talking, not talking. Uh, it's all empty, no? So stages of dying and terminal illness, stages of uh, moving to catharsis and release unblocking lower triad blockages, uh, bringing love and wisdom to bear on painful realities that one had avoided. Denial, first reaction, and in this case of, you know, dealing with one's diagnosis, believe the diagnosis is mistaken, clinging to false preferable realities. It's really clinging to falsehood. <laughs> Taking preferential preferred falsehood for reality how many people do that <laughs> how much of humanity this is also uh, if you hadn't noticed um, analysis of the basis of 3d souls repeating the attachment to these to four of these five stages four of these five psychodynamic procedures or strategies coping strategies defense mechanism derivatives defense mechanism foundations clinging to each of these four <clears throat> and their derivatives equals 3d repeater psychology equals repeating in third density the only way out of third density is <laughs> acceptance and hey 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 acceptance happens to be the quality of green ray heart chakra the dimension of love and understanding that is that is entered uh, by a commitment to unconditional acceptance, which is love. The, you know, essential understand that in me, in my own limited understanding, the base of the, the true nature of love is unconditional acceptance, non-control. Um, and a desire to non-infringe equals a commitment to non-control. Infringement equals control. Love and control are opposite. Love is the basis of positive polarization control is the basis of negative polarization the right hand and the left hand paths and humanity or any souls that are uh, turning on the hamster wheel of 3d repeating are basically doing so because they are willfully attached to these four uh, prime prior stages and their derivatives um, denial clinging right upadana <laughs> attachment grasping and attachment and upadana clinging to maya false opinion basically michaditi <laughs> fall clinging to false view i am all good i am all bad you are all good you are all bad you hurt me you hate me <laughs> you love me oh now the Taiwan Oriole, called a Claret Oriole, has returned. This is a bird that's the 
Very rare here. Yesterday, this coincided with loss of internet service for five hours in my hamlet. Uh, so this bird just appeared. He's bright red-orange. It's called a Taiwan or a claret, C-L-A-R-E-T, claret, or maroon oriole. Beautiful bird. I'll, I'll show you a picture of him soon. <laughs> he just came and went. How lovely. Uh, so... Um, it's a strange time. Uh, denial basically says it isn't. Or says, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no, you know, that's the, um, the criminal's uh, first defense, right? Deny, deny, deny. I don't know what you... He really does live here, this fellow. He just came by again. <laughs> it's, good to have, it's good to have beautiful neighbors, I have to say. Uh, it isn't. I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard of him. I never heard of that before. What do you mean? Huh? I don't. I don't know anything about that. I, I don't even know what you mean. This is denial. <laughs> when? When? Indeed, it's it's false. And yet, um, lots and lots and lots and lots of people, <laughs> and uh, us too, uh, sometimes are clinging to mistaken beliefs. Michaditi, wrong view. The next is anger, and it's written here as when the individual recognizes that denial cannot continue, right? Oh, it is. I can't pretend it isn't. They become frustrated, may become frustrated. People may go straight to depression. They may go straight to acceptance. So that's why, while this is a useful schema as linear progression, it's not the linear progression that indeed everybody goes through. Some people go one, two, five right away. They go. Some people never go to one, two, three. They start at four. Some people don't even go to one through four. They go straight to five. Meaning, okay, it is. <laughs> it's really bad. It is, and that's called living from the heart. So anger uh, is when frustration follows denial which it certainly does for some or sometimes for us, but not necessarily, especially at proximate individuals, meaning anger, frustration at others, blaming others. Sometimes the person only blames themselves and doesn't blame other. Sometimes they're 80% blaming other, 20% blaming self. Sometimes the whole thing flips immediately and they go from a long history of blaming other to a self-loathing, self-destructive, profound hatred of self, which is an exaggeration of the underlying self-blaming that they had while they were so busy attacking others, which is case for some people. Certain psychological responses of a person undergoing this phase would be, why me? It's not fair. How can this happen to me? This is sort of the, the link of denial, anger. Who's to blame? Why would this happen? Actually, that's a kind of a, a strange write-up here of these uh, example examples of anger. Because they, 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 I think somebody might have made a mistake here, meaning those seem very much associated more with denial. Um, why me equals, it doesn't make, I have no responsibility, I see no obligate, no responsibility. I cannot determine that I have any responsibility. It seems un unjust, unjust. Where's the justice? 
well, it's a big problem in 3D when karma is, is invisible to the veiled mind. When people have been constipated <clears throat> with distorted cosmologies and um, religions, um, materialist corrupted religions, or shallow afterlife related cosmologies or religions like Christianity or, or the Abrahamic religions thinking, what? I'm going to go to heaven or hell forever based on my thought, word, and deed of, of 70 years? That doesn't even make sense. But, I mean, in terms of physics or cause-effect. But <clears throat> there there's no understanding of karma for most people, even in Hindu countries or Buddhist countries. There's a lot of people that are confused about these things. So there's a sense of Anger may be associated with confusion. Anger is obviously also associated with this harsh blame. You know, you're a bullshit doctor. Uh, you never loved me. You never cared about me. I hate myself. I'm the worst. Or it's not that <laughs> kindly. It's more like um, um, I'm such I'm such a fucking loser. I'm such a fucking mess. Bop, bop, bop. And that's anger directed to self. Then there's anger directed to other. And then there's angry statements uh, of confusion that represent, you know, they basically represent questionings of responsibility. It's not fair. How can it happen? Who's to blame? Why would it happen? Why does it happen? How can it happen? Why to me? Why me? Well, there's reasons for all that. There are answers to all that. Absolutely. They're not complete answers. They're not provable answers. They're not scientific answers. They're not empirical answers. They're philosophical answers coming out of understanding of metaphysics called karma, called the program catalyst, called develop yourself, friend. You got a long way to go. Oh, but and, and associated with reincarnation and associated with cosmic plan and associated with uh, divine love. Um, but all that's much too much for most. So, in general, though, do not anger, real anger, questioning or not, um, can be, uh, can arise out of the exhaustion of the prior phase denial. Although some people are just stuck in anger all the time. Third phase, or what may arise out of anger, or what might arise straight out of denial, for some. Some people don't go denial anger bargaining they go denial bargaining as i said you know you can see it as a, as a sequence and some people skip steps and some people don't take any steps they just go they stay at one position and never leave it or some people live in acceptance and uh and don't go to the prior four stages they don't generate psychopathology that's called the efficient use of catalyst the efficient use of catalyst is uh either bringing acceptance to the experience of one of the four previous stages of non-acceptance and distortion, and or bringing acceptance to the raw um, initial non-distorted reaction or very mildly distorted reaction like, wow, that's bad. <laughs> I feel hurt. I feel so sorrow. I feel grief, right? Grief. Grief is not distorted. Grief is, you can say it's distorted, but it's pretty common and ordinary and normal. We we love, we cling, we want, 
we feel sad when we lose or don't get, of course. Uh, joy and sorrow as the normal round of experience or incarnation, as Ross said. Yeah. For all non-enlightened beings in the octave in the 31 planes, uh, seven dimensions, yeah, we're going to have joy and sorrow at getting what we want and losing what we want, want Ted to keep. Uh, and that's grief. And acceptance of that grief is uh, an efficient use of catalyst. Uh, or acceptance and understanding of these four stages or four qualities or four foundations with their derivatives of further distortion or rejection or non-acceptance. So, <clears throat> let us see the time. Well, time has gone fast. I will very briefly go through the last three and then next time we'll take a next pass of the successive approximation to go deeper third stage involves hope individual can avoid a cause of grief <laughs> they're already feeling they just want they don't want to feel grief or they feel grief but they're suppressing it they're midway through uh their part they're they're in partial acceptance and partial denial rejection of their arisen grief and sorrow and they're playing little mental games and this is you see people in um the positive thinking movement Right? Every day, in every way, I'm better and better. And if they say that a hundred times, uh, they believe they'll, they'll become so or feel well fully. Uh, involving the hope, this is just one explanation of this phase, which has many derivatives and takes many forms. Involves the hope the individual can avoid a cause of grief, can avoid the current grief that they don't want to fully accept. Usually a negotiation for an extended life is made in exchange for a reformed lifestyle. That's one example. Um, if you simply uh, save my son, I'll stop drinking. If you simply, uh, if I, if dear God, please give me, you know, uh, please cure me so that uh, so cure me and therefore I and I will pledge my life to God or become a nun or a monk or work for the church or something something people facing less serious trauma can bargain or seek compromise well people facing any degree of pain can go to bargain and seek compromise is sort of the compromise is good but bargaining is avoidant it's a little different examples include terminally ill per terminally ill person who negotiates with God uh, or feels they are, and they may be negotiating with higher dimensional beings and negative beings too, although they may not know that, to attend a daughter's wedding or an attempt to bargain for more time to live in exchange for a reformed lifestyle, very common. If only I live longer, I will change my ways, something, something. And, um, you know, one can get a terminal diagnosis and live for another 10 or 20 years. It happens commonly. Uh, and the person may well um, truly reform their lifestyle or reform their mind. And that may well have been a factor as to why um, they have another 10 or 20 years. In it might work. It can work, actually. I mean, there are people who, who have a illness, and it could go either way. And from the level of higher self, it, it is up for them it is a 
um, real-time play, it's not predetermined whether they're going to die from it at that age or not. And indeed, if the person does reform inner, outer, meaning particularly thought, word, deed, right? The way they think, the way they interact, the way they uh, live their life uh, and, and be with others, that may, when, that may well be um, a factor that weighed on the metaphysical uh, balance on scale that led to remission or healing or 10 or 20 more years of life. It, it does happen that it works. Of course, psychologists don't believe in God, so they can't really understand that commonly. So anyway, there's more to say about that, and I'll unpack it more next time. Depression, I'm so sad, why bother with anything? Basically, um, life is a bad deal. Um, it's pointless. There's no God. There's no hope. I'm a loser. I'm finished. Um, nothing matters. Who cares? And they written, written here, during four-stage individual despairs at recognition of their mortality or despairs at, again, the reality the truth of that which they spent that, that which they hate that's which that which they feel they cannot accept that which they've spent a whole long time denying avoiding splitting rationalizing manipulating in mind or the dynamics or bargaining in some way with themselves perhaps um or angrily faced uh there's some sense that all the previous strategies have failed. Uh, it is. Um, I'm tired of raging. Uh, I'm tired of mental gymnastics. I'm tired of, of trying to negotiate my way out of it. Um, I'm ruined. It's over. Goodbye. And that, that, that depression, of course, leads to suicidal activity, often suicide. Uh, and that's depression. Real depression is basically, it's considered anger turned inwards. It's hopelessness. It's not active sorrow. Sorrow is an active living quality of grief and, and discouragement and sadness. There's nothing unhealthy about sorrow, except, of course, from a Buddhist perspective, people who are free of desire would be free of sorrow, of course. And so free of tanna, upadana, craving, clinging, free of grasping and aversion, ignorance, free of the poisons, free of the kleshas, free of the fetters, free of all that, from the much, much, much higher standard of Buddhism. Um, distort of sorrow and grief is seen as a distortion, of course. Raw material, too. They would admit, you know, Ra said, for the fully balanced entity, no situation would uh, generate or, or lead to emotional charge, but would be seen as an opportunity, like any other, to uh, be of service. So, even as extensity, it's understood that any emotional arising is a distortion or shows lower triad blockage. But it doesn't rise to the level of psychopathology in the Western analysis, in the Western psychological system. They would say, you know, there's totally reasonable or common, it, it's totally healthy to have sorrow and uh, grief and, um, and anger, frustration. And, and, you know, I can go both ways. It's totally normal for where we are. And uh, seen from... Um, the level of those who finished uh, evolution in the octave, it's a distortion. Uh, those emotional emotional charge reactivity is, is distorted. Or it's just not called psychopathology, but it is lower triad blockage. 
So uh, this depression, a person may be silent, refuse visitors, spend much of the time mournful, sullen. So the sullenness of mind um, is an indication of depression as well. And any kind of, there, there are people or some people are just sullen. That's just their demeanor. Finally, freedom from these previous four, uh, what leads to release, what's associated with uh, catharsis, what is and what indicates activation of green ray and some degree blue too is acceptance it's going to be okay i can't fight it i may as well prepare for it in the last stage individuals embrace mortality or embrace uh the truth of what they've spent so what they don't like of what's not preferred that's all the the like the four unpleasant worldly winds I really am this way, or this pattern really is in me. I really can be uh, uh, these. I, I really have these patterns and these tendencies that I wish I didn't have. I really have these lower triad blockages. I really can. I really can be uh, mean and selfish and controlling and insensitive and dominating and self-centered and, uh, you know, disinterested and dot, 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 dot. I can be all those things that I wish I weren't. Yes, it's true, but it's not all of me. But indeed, it's all true. What you said is true. I want to admit it. I accept it uh, about me. And <laughs> I accept it about you. Yes, my wife really did have uh, an affair. Yes, my husband really did abuse our children. Yes, my mother never loved me. Yes, my father really had a mistress. Yes, <laughs> Kay Griggs is correct. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jim Caviezel is saintly. Yes, <laughs> some things that are wonderful and some things that are awful uh, just so happen to be true, whether I like it or not and I will bow my mind or bend my mind or open my mind to include um, this additional truth, regardless of the fact that it's very painful or it's really amazing and unbelievably good, too good to be true. No, it may be true. And if you think it's too good or it's not too good to be true, it's just wonderful. Why, you can't accept wonderful? You hate wonderful? How about, you're wonderful, and it's true. Can't you accept that? It doesn't mean you're totally wonderful. <laughs> you had distorted it too. But, you know, not seeing one's own good qualities can be in the shadow, or associated with the shadow. I'm all bad. Well, how about, you're not really all bad. You may have many wonderful qualities. Or you may uh, totally deserve this terrible thing happening in your life, not because you were bad before, because you want to accelerate your evolution. Not because you did to them what they're doing to you before. Um, you don't have heavy karma, perhaps. But you chose it. I chose these uh, bad parents. I chose this abusive partner. I chose to uh, get stuck in this situation. I chose the situation not knowing I'd get stuck, but actually I did know I would get stuck. Hmm. So lots and lots and lots of <laughs> very subtle dynamics of accepting the unacceptable, like 2150 book says, the measure of a mind's evolution is is ability to accept the unacceptable. So acceptance, green ray, is critical. 
people dying may precede the survivors in this state, meaning uh, what? People they die before the people who don't, which typically comes with a calm retrospective view for the individual and stable condition of emotions. Right, stable mind, a quiet mind. No more rage and um, and despair. And that's what happens when green ray, blue ray keep growing. The mind becomes more stable. And so, yes, finally she understood that this includes any kind of personal loss, and I'd say any painful truth. Uh, all I mean, what what is it that people are avoiding? It's all imprinted pain when people go into projection, when people do splitting, when people coerce and do projective identification, when people have these concocted, bloated, deflated, and kind of pseudo-invisible, pseudo-absent self-images. All that, the big nose, the small nose, you know, the big ear, the small ear, very much associated with concoctions and fermentings of mind and identity associated with avoiding what's painful, whether it's pain from childhood abuse or neglect or needs unmet or karmic guilt and carry through from past lives, dot, 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 dot. So much is painful and so much is avoided. And um, I just think it's an excellent fit between... Uh, these five stages of grieving and um, the stages or procedures that are often that are off that often precede open heart acceptance and so yes of course it includes death of loved ones loss of job major rejection end of relationship drug addiction incarceration joint of jail onset of disease or any bad diagnosis minor losses it includes the, the, the reality of anything we don't like. Facing the reality of what's not preferred. So next time we can look further about at this, uh, at some of the critics who like criticizing, and more of an expansion of this. <clears throat> and then after that we may take a look at the page on defense mechanisms or not. Um, and work our way to Osho, uh, who had something to say about catharsis and suppression, suppression leading to catharsis and civilization and meditation. So this was helpful. Thank you for being here, and thank you to um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross for an excellent um, theoretical formulation. Uh, Take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.